Please take your Bibles and turn to the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John, fourth book of the New Testament. And in some ways it is fitting in the new year to have a new beginning in a study. Sometimes that works out, sometimes that doesn't. And uh, the time in the Psalms hopefully was an encouragement and helped us in those days. We are now moving on to John here and I realize that New beginnings are helpful, um, but sometimes they end up just being the same as as they always were. In fact, this morning in the conversations, I was intentionally trying to ask people, how was the first week of the new year? And for some, it was uneventful, and for others, it was really good, but then for some, it was actually really, really hard, and uh, depending on the conversation, uh, really... um, brought that to the surface, which is kind of like every other week, even though we started a new year, kind of same old, same old. But as we look at the Gospel of John, um, I'm hoping that we will be able to focus in on this person that many of us have built our lives around. Um, If you are a follower of Christ, if you make that claim, then everything really what you do and how you think about the world revolves around this person. For those of you who may still not be a believer, um, it's different. But if you make that claim, then Jesus is the center of everything that you have chosen to believe and the life that you have then chosen to live. For me, I came to know Christ at 18. And so for all of these years, I have literally built my life, my whole worldview around this person. And As you travel through life and as you get older, there are things that come into your life and the things that you experience that cause you to think, um, maybe even be tempted to think differently about your worldview um, and, and really even sometimes doubts and fears that come in and say, did I really build my life around the right thing? Like, is this system of belief around a person, is it all that really the Bible says that it is? And so you may be at a place where you are rock solid in your faith, you don't have doubts, you don't have questions, and this is just another reminder, and and the glory of Christ will just encourage your heart and strengthen you. But perhaps you may be a person that you do struggle with doubt and you have a lot of questions, even with the confidence and security of knowing that you are a believer, but there is just this constant uh, mental challenge that takes place of, of really the doubts and questions that really come to the surface for some. And I hope this 
this series will be an encouragement to you um, to just come back to truth, that it is the foundation for life. And then also, um, as a pastoral team, it is our desire that once we see that Jesus is the Son of God and he is the center point, then he is the voice that we should be listening to on how we live. And if that's the case, then it really should have an impact on how we live out this gospel in front of other people. Among fellow believers and among our community. And it is a strong passion in my heart. Hopefully that came through a little bit last week when we really tried to focus on the idea of unity. That we grow this year in our communication as we focus on how Jesus communicated. That our communication actually grows to look more like him. That as we interact with the world, that we actually mimic how Jesus interacted with the world. And he sets forward, forth an example, and we have it in the Gospels, one conversation after another. People from all different perspectives. People with all kinds of baggage different lifestyles, different choices. And he interacts with those people. And the way he does sets forth an example for us as believers, and we should follow him. And so our prayer is that we will grow not in just our knowledge of him and our assurance of him, but our likeness of him. And so John 1, and we're going to start just a, kind of a two-part here uh, series as we just simply answer the question, who is Jesus? Uh, because that's what is revealed to us in the Word, in the Gospel of John, who he is right from the beginning. But before we start talking about his conversations and the way that he lived, we want to make sure we understand that uh, who he is and why we should listen to him. Why is his voice so important? And so let's look at verse 1 there. We're just going to, as I said, we'll look at verses 1 through 3. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him came into being, came nothing, nothing came into being that has come into being. So, just a few things here to answer this very simple question as we get started in this series. Who is Jesus? And number one, I would suggest to you that Jesus is the communicator. Jesus is the communicator. Verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. So 
the description we have of Jesus in the Gospel of John right off the start is he is the essence of communication. Why should we listen to him? Because he is communication. He is the revealer. This word that is described, or this name that is described for him, the word, has a far deeper meaning than we can really understand it from an English perspective. Because we, we know the simple term, the word, or words, is just expressions of thought, um, reason perhaps. But for the mindset of the day in which this gospel was written... Uh, it would have been very different to use this term. <clears throat> so from a Greek perspective, from a pagan cultural perspective, this term, this name, the word, uh, had a much deeper meaning than just reason or thought. Um, that would be very inadequate. The term logos really encaptures far more uh, and it, it is in relationship, even from a pagan perspective, it is in relationship to deity. And so the idea is divine wisdom or personal revelation of truth that is sourced in God. So when John says he is the word, he is the communication of God. He is the revealer of who God is. He is in himself the being of revelation. He desires to communicate about himself. So every conversation that we dissect this year will be Jesus revealing what God is like. Because he is the word. It's one of his names. And as he rightfully has that name... It shows us what he is like. He's going to have conversations with real, real people. People like you and people like me. And it will hopefully, this study, give us a fresh understanding of who he is. One of the first conversations that he will have at the end of chapter 1, he will reveal about himself that he is the all-knowing God. So he's going to talk to this guy and prove that he is the all-knowing God. And what that does for the hearer or for us, it shows us that we actually are known by someone outside of ourself. That God himself actually knows us. So that first conversation will establish who he is. He's the all-knowing God. But it also will assure us that we aren't just some random individual running around this planet trying to find purpose, trying to find meaning, trying to find someone who cares. But actually, we are known by the God of the universe. He sees us and he knows us. The very next conversation Jesus will have in chapter 2, he will reveal something else about himself. He'll reveal that he is the all-powerful God. And there is nothing too difficult for him. 
So hopefully you can start to see where we're going with this. That we will find out as Jesus communicates with people, we will find out and be assured of who he is. So those times of doubt and question can be strengthened with truth and the other voices can be combated with the voice of truth that actually there's no, nothing too difficult for our Savior. It would seem at times that things aren't going the way they're supposed to or the things that really are the desires of your heart that you want to see changed in your life or the people's lives who are close to you that that nothing's working, nothing's changing, the power isn't there. But we see in the Gospel of John as Jesus communicates that he is all-powerful and he can accomplish exactly what he desires. He will then talk about, and I'm not going to tell you all the conversations, I'm just giving you some illustrations. The next conversation, he's going to reveal how important his glory is in his house and in the purpose of his life. And so over and over, we will see who Jesus is as he is the communicator. And then hopefully we will see how we are supposed to respond. Now, I want to just say right here at this point of communication that he is sovereign over his communication. What what do I mean by that? Well, he controls everything. We know that because he, he tells us in the scripture that God is overall, he is sovereign. But we have to apply that to the communication that he has given about himself. We have to accept the fact that the information that he chose to reveal is all that we really need. After spending 25 years studying the Bible, to be very frank with you, I have more questions than I have answers. You would think, as the years go on and as the study continues, that the answers would be there. Actually, I have a ton of unresolved tension as I read the Old Testament. A ton of things that, that really I struggle with as God has revealed himself, how he interacted with people and how he chose to love certain ones and then others he didn't choose to love and then what some things were okay to do to people and other things. Those are a lot of tensions in my heart that I wrestle with. And I would love the answers. But I have to submit to the fact that he is sovereign in what he revealed. Like, I'm not always going to have the answers. And and probably until, as long as I live, and I don't know what's in the hereafter as far as understanding and the knowledge that I will be given... Some people have this idea that all their questions are going to be answered in heaven. I don't, I'm not going to promise you that because I don't know. I do know Jesus is going to be there and I'm told that I'm, I'm going to be consumed with his glory. So the answers probably that I desire will fade away. But God is sovereign over the communication that he chose to give. 
I have unanswered questions about how we are made and the complexities of how God allows us to experience things in our life. And as we experience these things, we they actually have a lot of effect on our lives and we experience trauma and hardship and it changes us and it has an effect. And all of these questions, really, they don't have a lot of answers. And so we have to come to a point of regular submission that I may not ever find out the purposes behind the why. How we're made, why God allows different things in the experience that, experiences that we, we face. And this is the one answer I have, and I have to be okay with it. Romans 11:34. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Rhetorical questions. The answer is no one. We can't know the mind of the Lord. Who are we to speak into the sovereign one? Another answer, which is very similar in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also... No one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. That's my answer. So I have a thousand questions at 47 years of age about life, experiences, God, how he has revealed himself. Most of those questions I will have no answers for in my entire journey of faith. The one answer I have, no one comprehends the thoughts of God. That's the big answer to all of my thousand small ones. And I have to be okay with it. And speaking frankly, my flesh most days is not okay with that. It's not. When I am not controlled by the Spirit and the flesh is ruling my heart, I am not okay with all the questions and the unanswers, the, the answers that I don't have. But as you allow the Spirit and you allow truth to control, you come back to the fact, okay, Jesus is the communicator. And he's sovereign over the communication. And he revealed all that he wanted to reveal. Period. And I have to be okay with it. And you have to be okay with it. And if you're a person who has a lot of questions, can I encourage you? You are not alone. You are not alone. And maybe you're scared to share those questions with other people. And so you silently suffer that mental anguish. Maybe hearing that you are not alone. In fact, even as a pastor, there are so many things I don't understand and so many things that I question. Maybe you would be encouraged to share with someone else. 
Because I, I do think by talking it out with other people, it does help. In fact, I had a meeting this week with a friend who I've been meeting with regularly, and, and we, we talked about all of these things. I have someone else in my life as well who we can talk about anything, my wife. So Jesus came to communicate, and he communicated exactly what he wanted. And you may say, well, it's not enough for me. It has to be enough for you. He is sovereign over the communication. And as he talks with people, my hope is that when we listen to him and what he desired to say to people, that it will strengthen and it will encourage our hearts. And it will encourage us to come to a place of rest and trust. Rest in the fact that, okay, I may not ever fully know. But I know enough because Jesus communicated what he desired to communicate. And, and what he did communicate is that there is hope in him. And that if we will, and that the emphasis is on it from John is if we will believe in his name, we will have eternal life. And so he brings hope in his communication. He brings life. He is the light. He is kind. He offers grace. As we will look at probably next week, that he is the revealer of grace. I hope that really encourages us through all of these conversations to be people of grace. He offered it. That's why he came. And I think as believers, we can do better at offering grace for people who struggle. Sometimes Christians are the most judgmental and unloving people to those who struggle and blow it. In fact, there are people all over this area who perhaps claim to be a believer but will not attend a church. And their excuse, and it is an excuse, but their excuse is they have been hurt by Christians. And there are people all over this area who want nothing to do with the concept of Jesus and the gospel because of the way Christians have presented the message. So when I read that Jesus is the revealer of grace, that's what it says in verse 17. That's how he came to communicate. And yet so many times in Christian circles, what is communicated is judgmentalism and criticism about people who don't measure up to whatever standard someone has in their mind. It's not grace. And so I'm asking us to grow in this area. I mean, there's a couple generations of people who grew up 
in an environment, in churches, in schools, in camps, and they were told really hurtful things. In fact, my wife, we were having a discussion with people this week, and she recounted being in a school and a situation where she potentially could have um, had an opportunity to, to be in a place of influence and leadership and a person who had an opportunity to speak into the issue said no because her personality was too vivacious. So she didn't get to have an opportunity because of someone's judgmentalism. A Christian, a believer. And that's a mild story compared to the hundreds that I have heard through the years in counseling situations where people who have struggled with sin and and hardship and, and painful experiences sought counsel or tried to get help and, and they were said they were told very hurtful things. And really in most in many cases, I, I'm trying to not use harsh generalities But in many cases, they were written off because they didn't perhaps look the right way or dress the right way or say the right things or even do everything that was on who was ever list. Calvary is a safe place for sinners. Safe meaning (laughs) you're not going to be treated that way. Because we're all sinners and we all blow it. There's no one righteous, not one. And the church of all places is to be that environment where it is safe to know that you're a failure. And it's safe to be open and transparent and to find hope and grace and mercy. And so this year, as we look at how Jesus communicated, it is our prayer that we become more like Jesus in our communication. And that every person that we come in contact, we reveal what Jesus revealed, and that is grace and truth. And it's just what comes out. It's just who we are. Jesus is the communicator. I would say number two, he is the eternal one. The the passage that we read there, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and so He is the Eternal One. He existed before anything existed. Um, the verb here was explains that that His preexistence goes back, uh, and He always has been with God the Father and God the Spirit in eternity past. In contrast to all things that came into being, as it says in verse 3, he did not come into being. Jesus always has been. 
John 8:58 says, "Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was born, I am." And so we have statements by Jesus explaining, "Hey, you, you all know Abraham and how long ago he lived." Jesus said, "I am. I I have always existed." And so this gives us confidence that it's the right voice. He is the trusted voice. We can put some confidence and and stock into the voices that we listen to. In fact, I, I sat down last night and and I watched a news program. And as I do on a regular basis, I enjoy watching the evening news. And 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 there was many voices that came on in that half hour segment. And and some of them I could trust, and probably some of them I can't. As people who live with these little devices and we spend a lot of time scrolling through and with reels now, the the time just goes on and on and and, and we can waste time just listening to a hundred voices in about five to seven minutes as we flip through the reels. Some voices you can trust, some you can't. But think about this. Jesus, the communication of truth. He's the essence of divine wisdom. He's not a created being. He always has been. So if there's someone you're going to listen to, wouldn't it be Jesus? He is the voice. He is the communication of God. And while we do listen to other people and and those voices have an impact on our life, let's go back to truth and let's listen to the voice of Jesus. And I'm not pointing any, any any fingers at anyone. I basically stand up here every week and preach to myself. But he is the voice. He is the eternal one. He has always been the trusted voice. Number three, scripture tells us here, Jesus is the one true God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him and apart from him, nothing came into being that has not come into being. So we have... Clarity that rules out Unitarianism, all kinds of other Jehovah Witness, all kinds of other vantage points from a, in a very broad term, Christian perspective, where there would be translations of so-called scriptures. All of those things are null and void if they contradict this one thing. Jesus is the one true God. He's not a semi-God. He's not like just a little g-God. No, he is the God. And, And so it brings a lot of clarity to our lives and security that that this revealer of truth, he didn't come just to be the the transportation of truth, but he he actually is God himself. He's truth incarnate. He is the one true God. And John will have this emphasis 
on his deity. The Gospels all have a different emphasis, but for John, it's the deity of Christ. He is personally distinct from God, the Father. He has a different personality, but he is identical in the essence of God. So we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, three persons in one. He is divine. We can trust him. He's the Son of God. He came, which in just a simple, you know, mental evaluation, like, should blow our minds. Like, the eternal one, God himself, came to have real conversations. We were talking this week um, about this series, um, and someone mentioned the fact that this one true God came to have a conversation with a woman at a well in Samaria. This person who has always been, who in just a minute we'll, we'll, we'll hear is the creator of the world, in his greatness and in his glory, he came to talk to a woman at a well who really, really struggled in life. And he came to give that one individual hope in her struggle. His greatness was revealed very, very personally. He is the one true God. And number four, Jesus is the creator. Verse three, all things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being. Jesus made all things. Verse 10 says, the world was made by him. This does not mean that the Father wasn't involved. Not in any way. The Father's the ultimate source. But Jesus is the active agent at creation. There are no exceptions to this. In fact, it says, apart from him, nothing came into being. So I want you to think about this personally for all of us here today. Jesus, this man, who we're going to focus our whole, I don't know if it'll be a whole year or not, but our whole attention on, he made you. This person who has always been, this person who is God, he's the revealer of God and truth, and in all divine wisdom, he made you. I'm very aware of the process, but God created you. And Jesus was there the moment you were conceived. And so who better to talk to? Who better to listen to? Than the one who made you. Why spend all this time focusing on him? It's kind of about him. As the creator, he's kind of in the center of it all. makes us makes it personal or at least it should for each one of us 
1 Corinthians 8, verse 6, Yet for us there is but one God, and uh, the Father, from whom are all things, and we exist for him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we exist through him. So, not only did he create you, but our very existence today is through him. Why Jesus? Because he is literally sustaining you this very moment. And as you go throughout your week, it will be about Jesus. Now we will rob him of his glory and we won't put him in his rightful place many times as the center of our lives and we won't honor him as we should. We will make a ton of mistakes, but it does not negate the fact of his role as the sustainer. He is creator and he is sustainer. It is really all about him. <laughs> you can clap for that. I'll be, I'll be glad to. <laughs> There's one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm fine with that because it's Jesus that should be exalted today. Because Colossians 1.16 says, For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him. And focus on that last part, for him. So the very person that we are going to focus on and listen to this year, because we're just going to listen to him talk. We're just going to take one conversation after another. Is the very person who made us and the very person who is sustaining us. So can we trust him? According to these three verses, we absolutely can. The Bible says that we can, it's whether we will choose to or not. So for all of us, we have the day-by-day choice. Are we going to trust his voice? With all the unanswered questions, all of the doubts and the fears, will we trust him? He is trustworthy. He's the communicator. He's the eternal one. He's the one true God. He's the creator and sustainer. He's trustworthy. The question is, will we trust him? It's our prayer that as we travel through these days together, that once again we will have a fresh perspective of our wonderful Savior because it literally is all about him. Would you bow with me as we conclude our service this morning. As we close, simply I'm asking you to respond in a couple ways.
with a heart that would just say, God, whatever you want to reveal about yourself to me, if it comes from your word, I will believe it. Whatever, whatever you choose to show me in your word about yourself, I will believe it. And the second thing would be, when I see areas in, in Jesus' life and the way he communicated that are not in mine, I will, I will strive to change. Through the help of the Spirit, through him and him alone. But when I actually am confronted with the way that he talked, I will follow. Those are the two things I'm asking for this morning. Jesus, it's our desire just to lift you up this year. We just want to exalt you because you're worthy. We come again to a place where we just choose to believe that you've revealed enough about yourself that we have what we need. So Lord, when you just show us more of your glory this year, would you strengthen us and bring us to a place of trust and rest over and over? And when you show us how you want us to communicate with others, with other believers, with other Christians, with people in in the world who don't know you. God, will will we have hearts to obey? That's our prayer. That's what we ask of you, Jesus. May you be glorified in your holy and precious.